Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. You're going to want to grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and relax for about a half an hour of your day. We're going to visit with Deb Morgan from Not a Rehearsal, located in England. She is the real relationships expert. She's a speaker, podcaster, coach, and author who knows a thing or two about the wrong relationships. So sit back, relax, have your cup of coffee in hand, and let's get on with the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining in and listening in on Let Fear Bounce. I am Kim Langling, your host. And today I am so happy, so happy and honored to have my special guest, Deb Morgan, coming to us from the United Kingdom. She is the real relationships expert. She is a speaker, podcaster, coach, and author who knows a thing or two about the wrong relationships. She also knows what it takes to create a strong, healthy, and robust relationship. With 25 years of research into domestic abuse, combined with her psychology and drama training, Deb's unique expertise and experience drives her to help women and couples over 40 worldwide to overcome historic relationship beliefs and patterns to create strong, healthy, and robust relationships that last. Her overriding mission being to reduce the prevalence of domestic abuse globally. She's created her coaching practice, not a rehearsal, as a reminder that life really isn't a rehearsal and that whatever you want to achieve is possible. Deb, thank you so much for joining me today on Let Fear Bounce. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Kim. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. It's an honor. So you have all kinds of topics that you can talk about. <laughs> and I've listened in on your podcast before and you're, you're brilliant with it. And you have, and I've got to tell you this, you have such a gentle, welcoming way of speaking that draws your listeners in. And that is such that is such a, a, a gift that you have. So I want to applaud you for that because you, Thank truly, you. Are, you truly are gifted as a, a speaker, a podcaster, and also an interview, an interviewer, because you've interviewed me prior to this mm -hmm. uh, for Motivate Magazine. Yes, I have. So this is kind of fun having you, uh, you know, on my show. <laughs> yes, it's a bit strange having the tables turned, I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> A bit nervous. <laughs> uh, no, no nervousness, no fear. That's see the name of the show is Let Fear Bounce, Deb. There we are then. I'll be all right. I'm in safe hands. <laughs> so tell us about a little bit about um, how you became the real relationships expert. Oh my goodness. Well, it started. That's not what you know, that's not what I intended to do with my life. I was always going to be a professional actor. But life, the universe, God had other plans for me. And I ended up in a series of abusive relationships. My first husband, who I married when I was 20 years old, beat me up on our wedding night. That was the first time he beat me up. And it was a bit of a shock, to say the least. And when I dealt with that, obviously, I left him. I divorced him. And then I met my second husband. Who, and the irony that I married my kickboxing instructor after being with a man who had beaten me up wasn't lost on me. But what I didn't know at the time was I was entering my second abusive marriage. And it was only after I left the marriage 
that I discovered I had been psychologically abused, what they now refer to as coercive control. And that relationship was significantly more damaging than my first marriage, which had been physically and sexually abusive. And it led me down a path that saw me lose residency and custody of my son. And I had to go through a 10 year legal battle just to prove my right to be his mother and his primary carer. And within that time, I'd started a business. I lost the business. My business became insolvent due to sabotage from my ex-husband. I went through personal bankruptcy as a result and really ended up in a place where I thought I was worthless, life wasn't worth living. And I decided I was going to take my own life. The night that I had planned to do that, I was sat there with the various bottles of alcohol in front of me, num numerous pills, which I had popped out of the, the plastic blister packs. And just as I put a handful of pills in my mouth, went to take a swig of the vodka to wash them down with, and I caught sight of a photograph of my son. And I knew I couldn't go through with it. I knew that I couldn't allow him to reach the age of 14 or 15, the age he is now, believing that mummy killed herself because she didn't want him and she didn't love him because that was the messaging he was getting from his father. And so I decided I had nothing else to give, but I was going to stay alive by whatever means. And that night I took steps and I ended up becoming an escort. I worked in the sex industry and far from that being the worst moment of my life, it really was a defining moment because that's when I took back control of my life. Up until then, I'd allowed things to happen to me. And I don't mean that I was responsible for the behavior my two ex-husbands had dished out to me. I mean, I took responsibility for guiding my life in the direction I wanted it to go in. And although the sex industry isn't a route I would encourage people to go down, I certainly wouldn't advocate people following in my footsteps, it saved me at that point in my life. And from there, I got stronger. I grew in confidence. I, my self-esteem and self-worth grew. And that's a big, big story for another day, I, I'm sure. And I then met somebody else. Classic pretty woman moment. I fell in love with a client. But that also became an abusive relationship. That one was economically abusive. So by the time I was 40, I ticked all the boxes in terms of abuse physical and sexual abuse, coercive control, economic abuse. And because of my abusive background, I actually fitted in with the statistics of the sex industry, where the majority of workers have a history of domestic abuse. So I was fitting very neatly into that box. And then I decided, again, it was time to take control. The third relationship I was in, I knew wasn't healthy. It was very suffocating. And whilst I it enabled me to leave the sex industry. I was also a kept woman. So actually, I was still very much part of the sex industry. I was being given a monthly allowance, but it was very conditional. And I had to account for every single penny I spent. So whilst I could spend the money on anything I wanted, and it was never questioned, I had to account for every penny, which meant that even though I knew the relationship wasn't healthy, even though I knew it was suffocating, I couldn't even save to leave the relationship to get together a deposit to rent a flat or anything like that. So I was in a really difficult position. And I thought, well, there's nothing else for it. I'm just going to live the life I want. 
So I remembered that my lifelong dream had been to be an actor. And before I married my first husband, I'd actually been offered a place at RADA, which is the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, prestigious drama um, school in London. And I turned it down because I didn't think I could leave my, my then fiance for three years whilst I studied to be an actor. And I decided that I would choose love. And you know, that's, that's where it got me. So that desire had never left me to be an actor and being in a position where I was out of work, I was being a kept woman, I thought I need to do something with my time. I started auditioning for very small professional productions and got cast in a touring production, which led me to where I am now. Um, somebody walked into the box office of the theatre, recognised my face on the poster, asked the box office manager if I was who they thought I was. And the box office manager said, do you know what? I think you're right. She used to be in a children's theatre group with my teenage daughters when she was a teenager. I'll make some inquiries. Fast forward to opening night. And there was the man who I'd fallen in love with between husbands one and two. We dated for a year. We'd gone our separate ways. He went off to university to be a more mature student. I went to live and work in London in the big city and it was the days before mobile phones so we just lost touch there was no big deal going on there but he was always the one that got away and on opening night he met me and he said I've spent half of my life looking for you I'm prepared to walk away and spend the rest of my life knowing you are happy if you tell me you are completely happy with your life and with the partner you're with now but if you're not, I want you to come and live with me and spend the rest of your life with me. And my heart just did a somersault, as did my stomach. And that had nothing to do with first night nerves. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? You don't get second chances like this very often. I have to take the chance. And on the one hand, you could say I was rescued by him. But on the other, I was the one that had to decide whether to leave. And I was giving up a very good lifestyle, a very, very good lifestyle to move in with a man who I hadn't seen for 20 years, who I'd carried a torch for for 20 years. But I was moving into his tiny little bachelor pad and you know, he couldn't offer me anywhere near the same lifestyle as I was used to at that stage. But I knew I had to take that chance. And it was taking that chance that got me to where I am because with his support, with his love, his kindness, his tenderness, I learned what it was to be in an unconditionally loving relationship. I'd never had that before. And I had to learn how to love unconditionally and be loved unconditionally. And certainly the first two years of us getting together were, were difficult. Um, I did all I could to push him away because I didn't know how to be any other way in a long-term relationship. I'm glad to say that nearly eight years down the line, those, those days are very much in the past and we have a really healthy, really strong, really robust relationship. But again, it was his support, his love, his tenderness that gave me the strength to then pursue another court hearing to gain residency of my son who finally came to live with me when he was 12 years old and has been with us ever since. I was able to get some stability in my life, I was able to get work and because I felt supported, 
because I felt secure and because I felt safe enough to pursue my dreams, I then decided it was the time to go and get a degree because I'd never gone to university when I left school. And it's something that I always wanted to do. So I then went back and studied for a degree via distance learning on the Open University in the UK and studied psychology. So I then got a big understanding of why people did the things they did. Why did my ex-partners and husbands treat me the way they did? What was it that drove people to work in the sex industry and use the services of the sex industry? And that was my big, big area of fascination and research. And what motivates people to basically use sex, if you like, as a bargaining chip? And I was really fortunate that my professor was, still is, one of the world's leading experts in sexual desire and motivation. So everything just pushed me into the right direction, whether you believe in God, in the universe, or any other um, deity, somebody or something was guiding me along this path and giving me the experience I needed to be able to help others going through similar things as I went through. And that's really what led me to where I am now. At first I thought I'm going to be a life coach, but it just wasn't working for me. It wasn't clicking. I thought, I don't know. It's, it just feels as if I'm trying to be too much to too many people. And when my coach said to me, Deb, relationships is your thing. You know about relationships. You know about all of this. You can have all of those difficult conversations. You don't judge people because of your background. And she said to me, relationships coaching is your thing. And the minute I started focusing on relationships coaching, everything fell together. You know, all the pieces of the jigsaw came together. And I knew that I'd found what I was meant to be doing. And all of my years worth of experiences, my psychology degree, my drama training, it all came into force. And I use it all now when I'm working with clients. So that's a very, very long answer to your question. <laughs> but that's really how I ended up doing what I'm doing now. Now that is absolutely fascinating. And what, what a journey you have been on um, mm. and you know where you're at now and I, I've only met you from where you're at now um, <laughs> I didn't know you years ago as you were you know going going through you know obviously some very dark places mm. um, with some dark people you know I, I guess I can throw that out there too um, absolutely and that you were able to still see even though you're in the darkness you still have that little nugget of worth in you you know you're thinking like when you were sitting you know i i, I got goosebumps as you were talking about you know you, you had all your pills and your vodka mm. in front of you and you were more than ready to say goodbye to this world and the picture of your son is what stopped you mm -hmm. i don't believe in coincidences so to me out of your whole story right there that was like that was what stood out to me the most as a turning point. Mm. Um, and just, just amazing. And, you know, it, it, I actually got goosebumps as I was listening to you and then where you went from there, some of it is a direction most wouldn't go. Um, mm -hmm. and you mentioned that, but it's brought you all your, all of these life experiences, which 
were all very hard. You said you ticked all of the boxes of abuse. Mm. Yes, you did. I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> going, oh my goodness, another box ticked. And then when you said that, I'm like, oh, wow. Um, I have to applaud you for your, your strength because it does take strength, tremendous strength to overcome and get through all of the things that you went through, you know, abusive relationships, you know, and to start out at such a young age with your first marriage mm -hmm. becoming abusive almost immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know many people actually, and that's sad to say, but I know many people that are in or have been in that same exact position mm -hmm. in, in abusive relationships, whether it's physical, sexual, economical, like you had mentioned. And I don't think a lot of people even think about that as abuse. Um, the economical part, you know, mm -hmm. having yeah. to account for everything because it takes all of your self-worth away. And, you know, I have a, a very dear person in my life that for 19 years lived in a position like that, having, but it was all the boxes ticked in one, in one relationship. Mm. And it was so very hard to watch um, because you could, I couldn't do anything about it. And I tried, but the other person has to want to get out of that as well. Exactly. You know? And it's so, so what you're doing now um, with the real relationships expert and you're speaking in your podcast and, and your coaching and all of that, I can only imagine that you are providing a light to those women that are sitting in darkness and very well may think there is no way out or the only way out is to not exist anymore. Um, I, I'm sure that you've, you've run into those types of, of women. Um, are you able to share any, uh, success stories, you know, share a success story about uh, someone that you've worked with that, that was in such a dark spot and now they're, you know, maybe they're not thriving, but they're coming out of it. Yeah, I, it's quite, it's quite difficult to say, um, to share a success story, if you like, because I think everybody that when they contacted me, that's such a, for me, that's a success because when you're in a place where you don't feel strong enough to deal with some of these situations on your own, it's very hard to ask for help and just asking for help takes so much energy that to me that's a success in its own right but in terms of working with the the people i work with and the majority of people i work with are female there have been some men but majority of female the men i tend to work with have recognized through listening to me talk that perhaps they're not treating their partner in the right way so they come to me and ask for help how they can change their behavior in that respect so that's always very heartwarming but the women usually come to me after they've been to the sort of the first response places that can help them escape that abusive relationship wow. but it's that time where they're left on their own and i liken it to after somebody's died and between a person dying and the funeral, everybody's ferrying around trying to be there to support you, bringing you, you know, home-baked meals and driving you here, there and everywhere and trying to do everything to make your life easier in the, those weeks between the death and the funeral service. But after the funeral, you're left to get on with it on your own. And that's when you sit there and think, 
so what do I do now? I don't know what normal life is because my normal life was with my partner or with my spouse. Then I had all of these people around helping me, so fill in my days and distracting me. And now I don't know what to do. I don't know how to live on my own or live in a life that doesn't have abuse in it. And that's very often when people get scared. And that's certainly what I found in my own experiences when I was finally on my own. That's when you're actually at your most vulnerable because that's when your partner will get back in touch with you and start telling you how much they love you and how they're going to change right. and how they really didn't mean it. And, and you, you know, you don't want to spend the rest of your life without me. You know that if we get together, we can work on this. So you're really, really vulnerable at that point because that's when you're left on your own. And that's the stage that I can step in and help and say, right, okay, now let's look. Let's look at the person within. And it all starts with what's going on inside. So you mentioned it in my own story, you know, that self-worth, self-belief, self-esteem, confidence, etc. And that's what I work with. And recently, and I'll give you this one because it's the most recent one that came to mind. I've been working with a lady who was having terrible problems maintaining relationships, maintaining friendships even, and talking to members of the opposite sex. And I discovered through working with her that she'd been abused as a child by her father. She had massive, massive trust issues with men, but had never told anybody else and couldn't tell previous partners, couldn't tell her friends because she was worried about what they might think. She was worried. She was carrying all the shame attached to it. And to see this young woman, she is a young woman, just grow and bloom through the conversations we've had, through the work we've been doing together, is incredible. And she's just had her last session recently. And she said to me, I'm booking a session in for the end of January because I think I might need one then. And I said, that's okay, we can do that. But by that point, she will have gone for almost two months on her own with her head held high not scared of the people she might meet, the people she might talk to, or making eye contact with people. This is a young woman who would cross the street if there was a man coming towards her or even behind her wow. on the same street, even in daylight, whether the people around she'd cross the street to avoid men. So the work we have done has been phenomenal. And when you can see somebody's whole demeanor lift, from a lady who wouldn't look me in the eyes. And of course, all of this because of the pandemic we've been through, it's all been done via Zoom. When we first spoke, she wouldn't look me in the eyes. She's now absolutely bounding into her latest session with me, eager to tell me about her week, about the things she has accomplished, what she's got planned, full of excitement. And you know, it has been hard work, don't get me wrong, to see this absolute physiological change in somebody because we've worked on the psychology is incredible. And that's why I do what I do. And that's one young lady that I have helped to regain her self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence. And she knows what her boundaries are when she goes into another relationship. She knows what is and isn't acceptable. And hopefully, you know, I can't, I can't guarantee the future, nobody can. But I like to think 
in some small part, I will have helped her to avoid going into abusive relationships in the future. And that for me is incredible. And, you know, I've got lots of stories like that. That was the first one that came to mind when you asked for a success story. And it really is wonderful. I'm truly, truly honored to do the work I do. And it's a, that's an amazing, an amazing story. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, when you first started on that story, and I agree with you, simply reaching out for help is a huge success because it mm -hmm. takes tremendous courage. When you've been beat down mentally or physically or both for so long, you don't feel like you have any worth. And to finally, whatever spark it is that, that you know, sparks within them that they realize, wow, I, need, I do need help and I don't want to live like this. That takes a lot of courage, a tremendous amount of courage. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. That right there is a success, just reaching out. The story you just shared about this young lady, um, you know, I can't help but think that she lives with post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. Um, and that's a tough one to carry because I've, I've seen people say, I can heal you of that. I can cure you of that. And as one who lives with PTSD myself, um, no, you're not healed from it. You're not cured from it. Mm. And I, I really, I really get upset when I read or hear people saying that or claiming that they can do that. Um, I don't think that you can be healed from it or cured from it. It becomes a part of you and you build your toolbox. You fill your toolbox fill full of tools that you can use and you bring those out when you need to, when those demons come, you know, running back at you and they will, and they do, but it changes who you are as a person, but it be, you, you become part of it and it becomes part of you. Um, Absolutely. That's my experience with it. You know, I've been living with it for 30 years and now it's, it's a part of me, but I also think that it's also a part that has helped me to become the person I am today, which is stronger and confident. And I am able to trust people now. So I wasn't in the same exact boat that your young lady mm -hmm. was, but as you were talking about her, I could, I could picture her in my mind um, with the trust issues and not mm -hmm. someone in the eye and things like that. And I, I could uh, empathize with her an awful lot. And for you to say that, you know, now she, she bounds into her sessions and she walks with her head held high. I had my hands in the air when you were saying that. <laughs> Because it's amazing, you know, to see that transformation and know that you had a part in it, it. It's just, you know, it's just amazing because she was put in your path for a reason. And Absolutely. Yes. And you, you were the person to help her on this part of her journey. And what an amazing thing that you have done for her. And like you said, you know, you can't tell the future. Um, can only just, you know, hope and pray that she keeps the tools that you gave her and you know builds upon her toolbox keeps on filling with more tools to just make her better and stronger and more confident and she can look in the mirror and say you know i am a confident beautiful strong woman and i deserve better than what i had you know it's just amazing deb i love you i think oh, thank you <laughs> i do i love what you're doing and you know everybody's it's so, it's so easy to look in hindsight. Like I look at the path my life took. Would I have chosen it? Nope. 
Um, <laughs> but looking back, if I had not been on that path and hadn't run into or had things happen to me the way that they did, I would not be doing what I'm doing either, which, you know, sharing, trying to share with my words, written words, hope and light and encouragement. And you're doing the same thing with people, you know, and I don't think, and this is just my belief, if you hadn't had the life that you had and you could look back and look at it and then see where you're at now, you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing now. Absolutely not. I wouldn't. I know that without a doubt. And it's just, it's just amazing how uh, hindsight is, you know, looking back and seeing where we're at now, because I get excited and I, you know, I have a very good feeling that you do too. I get excited about the future and what it holds. Even during this crazy year of 2020 and this, you know, just how crazy the entire world has been. I've had incredible opportunities put in front of me during this strange time and being able to reach out and talk to people and help them, even though I don't realize I am. And I know that I've, I've seen, I've been watching as things have been rolling out and happening for you as well. Has 2020 been, it's been crazy for everybody, but have you seen more opportunity than negativity this past year for you? Oh my goodness, yes. And I can let you into a little bit of a story on that because the beginning of 2020, I was working in a full-time job. I had planned to set up my coaching practice full-time at the end of 2021. And uh, I was doing bits of coaching sort of on the side, building it up really, really gradu gradually, taking on a client here, a client there of an evening or of a weekend to fit in around a full-time job. And then like so many people, I was put on furlough and then I became redundant. And whilst I was on furlough, of course, I was working at home. Well, not working, but I was staying at home. Like, well, I'm not going to sit and watch daytime TV all day. I'm going to do something about this. So I started working on the, the behind the scenes stuff that you need when you're going to build a business. So I started putting more of that into place so that I was ready for the end of 2021. And then I was made redundant and I made a decision and I decided there was no way I was going to look for another full-time job. In fact, there was no way I was going to look for a job at all. I was going to go out, bring my business plan forward by a year and start working with clients full-time because I was getting so rewarded emotionally and just feeling so fulfilled out of doing what I was doing that I knew going back out and being an employee couldn't give me that. And do you know what? It's been the best decision I've ever made. I, as a result, I've spoken all over the world. I guested on a number of podcasts like this one. I launched my own podcast, as you know. I, I'm working with clients all over the world. And the opportunities that have come this way, and I've overcome lots of fears around technology as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've even got a YouTube channel now. Not that I do much on it, but I've got it there. And there are videos on there. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I've been challenged to get all of that done because I want to help so many more people. And if this year hadn't happened, if 2020 and the pandemic hadn't happened, I wouldn't be doing that now. I would still be working towards setting things up and launching at the end of 2021. So I'm grateful for it. I know it's been a difficult year for lots and lots of people and things have been difficult, but the opportunities is presented to me, presented to you. And we both know a number of other people who have 
had opportunities presented to them as a result of this. It's been fantastic. And it sounds trite if you say behind every cloud is a silver lining, but there is a silver lining to pretty much anything. You've just got to find it. The opportunities are there. Exactly. You have to keep your eyes open. Mm. Exactly. And it's funny that you said you have this plan for your business and you're going to launch it in, you know, 2021. Um, and you had been working evenings and weekends and, you know, doing all the behind the scenes thing. It's funny because my life was paralleling that as you're talking, I'm sitting here trying not to laugh because I was doing the same exact thing with my writing and collaborative, collaborative book projects and, you know, trying to get my thing together, working in the evenings and on weekends. And then um, three weeks ago, I too, I was just made redundant. So when mm -hmm. that happened, I thought, you know, I'm not going to go back and do an office job. I, I will not. Um, so mm -hmm. my plan has changed. I'm, you know, to me it's, and I hate, I'm so tired of hearing the word pivot. That's like, yes. <laughs> so what I yell out is plot twist. So I had, a, you know, Good. a big plot twist. And so three weeks ago when, you know, I was, I was made redundant and mm -hmm. I just, I sat there and went, okay, why don't I feel more upset? And I didn't. And I said, why don't I feel, you know, that anxiety or fear that I should probably be feeling right now? for not having a job and not having a steady income anymore. Then I realized this is the blessing I was waiting for mm -hmm. because in the last three weeks, I have just put so much passion and focus into what I'm doing and the opportunities. And this is such a short time in three weeks have just been landing in front of me. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see, and I'm loving this journey, is it always going to, you know, be wonderful like this? Probably not. But I only have myself to account to now. Exactly. And I can put my focus and my passion into what I love doing, which is writing and sharing people's stories and spreading, you know, light and kindness out into the world because boy, oh boy, does it need more of it. <laughs> Doesn't it? Oh my goodness. But so, I mean, that's so amazing because I know you and I are not the only ones, like you had just said. We're not the only ones that that's happened to this year. And there is that silver lining. Just got to keep your eyes open for it. You know, don't, don't huddle up on your couch under a blanket and binge eat on donuts all day because you're depressed. You know, Do that for a day. I give you a day to do that. But then get up, pull up your big girl panties and look at what's around you. Because there are opportunities out there. They're abundant. They're abundant. And exactly. And everybody has so much strength and worth within them. And you have your skills and you've got a passion about something. Turn that passion into what it is, you know, take what it is you love to do and turn that into something worthwhile. And that gives you joy and the sense of accomplishment and you're serving others. I mean, you know, that's what life is about. Help others, you know, build yourself and grow and help others. I mean, that is, that's what's going to make the world a better place. And Deb, you are doing a phenomenal phenomenal job at that and I just I love what you're doing and um I know you're going to keep on doing it and I'm, I'm enjoying watching your journey online as I have been and uh well that's how we met was online through Revival Sanctuary it is indeed 
the, and that's the other thing that's wonderful. This year has brought forth opportunities for people to meet people from all over the world. Whereas if you were still, you know, if the world was normal, that probably wouldn't have happened. Exactly. I know in the last week alone, I obviously I'm speaking to you. I've spoken at an event in South Africa. I've spoken at an event in Vancouver. I'm speaking to somebody um, with a view to speaking at an event in Los Angeles later this week. And I could not have done that if this hadn't happened. And so many people I know are the same. Yeah, I was. La I had a conversation uh, last night with a with a lady, and we were talking about just the same thing. I said, I have hopped all over the world in the last two weeks. I've been in so many different countries, and we were mm. we were chuckling about that because of all the different conversations and podcasts and things that we had both been on. That you know, oh, I was in Australia the other day, and the other day I was in Germany. You know, so it was it's mm -hmm. kind of fun that we're we're virtually globe hopping. <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. And we wouldn't have that opportunity. And I've met some amazing, amazing people. And I know that you have as well. And so I get, you know, yes, if there's an opportunity out there, folks, all you listeners out there, if there's an opportunity, you see one, grab it, because you never know where it's going to take you. And that opportunity was put in front of you for a reason. So recognize it, grab a hold of it, and just run with it and thrive and be the best that you can be because i know and deb knows you have it in you exactly so deb thank you so so much for being on let fear bounce i mean what an amazing testimony that you shared i appreciate it and would love to talk to you again down the road have you back on uh you know in a few months and see where mm -hmm. you're at and just gosh i loved it loved our time together thank you so so much so real quickly let people know how they can find you. Oh, thank you, Kim. It's been an absolute pleasure. And the best way for people to find me is probably via my website, which is www.notarehearsal.co.uk. And I do have to say that rehearsal is spelled the British way, not the American way. So it's R-E-H-E-A-R-S-A-L. Okay. <laughs> well, I will make sure and put that, that'll, that link will be in the promo before you know when this is uh when you, this podcast is launched out there so all of that information will be on there as well i'm glad that you pointed that out it's, it's the british spelling and that yes i didn't think that through when i created the domain name did i <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes you stand out it makes it more unique see there you go oh there you are all right deb thank you so much for being with us on let fear bounce it was a it was a true joy and pleasure to have you on and i look forward to talking to you again down the road Thank you so much. Take care. Goodbye.